Now, you may notice this podcast is coming out on uh, Tuesday rather than later in the week, as we usually do, because we have a special how-to here for those of you watching the State of the Union tonight. And if you're like most people and you have uh, better things to do tonight and won't be watching, uh, don't worry, we'll have another uh, how-to tip after this segment. Hi, Mike. Hi, Ian. So how should we address you? Uh, Danny, speaker, Mr. Hastert, coach, whatever. All right. I'm trying to figure out what I feel most comfortable going with. Uh, I think speaker is probably more relevant. Now, one of the best parts of watching the State of the Union is uh, keeping an eye on the two people behind the president as he makes his speech. That's the Speaker of the House and the Vice President. And they're up there for as long as the president is speaking, always on camera. Yeah, it's a, it's a big job. They have to look like they're paying attention. They have to laugh and clap at the right time. Uh, Speaker Dennis Hastert, you sat behind both uh, President Clinton and President George W. Bush. So when you're in that chair behind the president, are you thinking about all the people maybe watching you? No, really. Uh, when you're sitting there looking at all the members of Congress and knowing that you're kind of the, the principal in, in front of the school, you know, that you're hoping everybody behaves themselves <laughs> and, uh, and you, know, you hope the president's speech isn't too long and and uh, there's no disturbances from up above. So kind of all the things that uh, you kind of worry to keep, you know, the job of the speaker is to, to keep decorum in the House. And so I think that's the first worry. So uh, one of my favorite things about watching the State of the Union, especially when you have members from the opposite party there making up that triad of the president, vice president, and speaker, is getting to watch when uh, the Democrats or the Republicans applaud, the other guy doesn't. Do you remember when you were uh, sitting behind President Clinton not applauding? Well, I remember, you know, if I was behind Clinton, I was also sitting next to, to Al Gore. And, you know, every time Clinton would stop breathing or, you know, make a pause, Gore would jump up and start clapping. <laughs> uh, you know, what you had to do is be more measured. You didn't want to be, uh, there's time to give the president his due and time to, let things just pass. And I wonder, with all the things you have to think about, has your mind ever wandered during that speech? Well, it, it, it is, because, you know, first of all, you're sitting behind the president, and uh, you're not getting the eye-to-eye contact that all the, member, all the members of Congress and uh, actually all the people in the United States are you know, they're watching on TV get. So you're watching the back of the president's head. Sometimes you, you may miss, sometimes your mind wanders, sometimes you're looking to see if the president has a ring around the collar or something like that, you know. Well, I, I know that I've been in situations where uh, I'm in a, someone's line of sight, and I know that I can be seen, and I, I will lose that thought, and I'll suddenly, like, roll my eyes or something. Did you ever have to, to do anything to make sure you kept your focus and didn't lose it? Well, you, you had to pay attention, and, uh, you know, you could, get out, you could go down and drop your eyes and follow the speech, which you didn't want to do is drop your eyes and fall asleep. So, you know, some of those speeches were, were like that. Did you ever have to knee Dick Cheney at any point just to keep make sure he was still going? Uh, no. I, Cheney did all did okay for himself. Mm-hmm. One of the things, though, well, I always had to keep an eye. If Cheney stood up and I didn't stand up, it would show that there was a, you know, a rift in the party. So you, can also, you also had to kind of keep an eye on him. I usually, uh, you know, applaud at the same time. Now, uh, you've seen, you know, more than one State of the Union speech. Uh, is there a, mo- a moment that stood out for you sitting in that chair that, that you'll remember more than well, the others? I think it was a speech that I was si- wasn't was sitting in the chair. It was the uh, second Bill Clinton uh, State of the Union speech before I was Speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Actually, uh, Newt Gingrich was in the chair. But somebody had put the wrong uh, 
speech in the teleprompter. It was it gave it put in the speech for the for the first. I mean, unbelievably for the first uh, uh, speech that Clinton gave, and uh, it didn't put the new State of the Union speech. So Clinton got up there, and the teleprompter had one thing on it, and he he started in. He knew it was the wrong speech, and he basically for the first seven or eight minutes until somebody dawned on him that they, he wasn't putting reading the speech that was on the teleprompter. He didn't miss a word. He he went right through that speech, and and until they caught up and put the right speech in the teleprompter, and uh, they caught up with him, he was right on. To, he he hit almost all the lines. Wow! And you know everybody else had the speech in front of him too, so they knew that uh, he was not seeing the right speech in the teleprompter, and then he was getting through it because he was missing some words, you know. But basically, he was carrying he was carrying the the speech through. Well, and so you're watching that in the house. Uh, you're following along the speech. You, you realize that he's doing this all by memory. Do you stand up, disagreements aside, and maybe give that guy a little extra applause? Well, I mean, it was pretty phenomenal. The ability for somebody not to, to to break or crack or have a problem or say, wait a minute, I got to, you know, my, I'm, my teleprompter's not right. He just went on through it, and uh, he gave him credit for doing that. That was pretty amazing. Uh, ironically, I think the guy that was screwing up was his chief of staffer. I was not a chief of staff. He was a staffer at the time. His name was Rahm Emanuel. <laughs> Maybe that's how he lost his finger. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, Speaker Hastert, thank you so much for your time. This has been great. My pleasure. Nice talking to you. The, the great thing about ordering takeout is that everything, in theory, is taken care of. You don't have to cook, but you still get to eat at home, and you, you don't have to wear pants. That's true. But you do have to do dishes. Unless you order Chinese food, we just learned this great tip about those paper containers that your food comes in. Little boxes. Okay, so I ordered uh, governor's chicken. Have you ever had that? I've never heard of that. This is actually really messy. So what we're going to do is there are two staples along the side here of the uh, container. We're going to undo those. And then undo the flap on the top. And I'm just opening it up here. And there we go. Look at that. Unfold uh, all the folds that make the box a box. And what you realize is that it's all just one piece. It's basically a plate that has been folded up in a box shape. Yeah, what you have here is like a, it's like a beautiful flower. All the petals are flattened out, and now you have your eating surface. All right, if you want to check this out, we got this uh, from Eli at foodbeast.com, and we'll put the video up on our website. So that does it for this uh, very short podcast today. Uh, what we learned today, Mike? Well, I learned that Bill Clinton was really good at memorizing his speeches. Yeah, that's a reason to always practice rather than just saying, I'll read whatever's on the teleprompter. The year is 1993. I'm in love with the first season of Friends, the very first season. And the follow-up release from MC Scat Cat. He's on his own now, no Paula Abdul. Weird, weird speechwriters that would have put that in his first State of the Union. As a country, we must take two steps forward, but also two steps back. We come together when opposites attract. Really, MC Scat Cat does write a pretty good State of the Union. Yeah, let's actually, let's hear a little more advice uh, for our nation from MC Scat Cat. How to Do Everything is produced by Blythe Ega with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week, who's our intern this week? Dennis Hastert. Is Dennis Hastert. 
Congratulations, Denny. Great job. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And visit our website at howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.